Welcome to the Spirituality Out Loud podcast, where you'll hear real-life stories of people's unique spiritual journeys in their own words from their own viewpoints. Hosted by Leslie Seidel, relationship expert and spiritual mentor, who specializes in working with people on their relationships, from their romantic life to their work life and just plain life. Here's Leslie. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Spirituality Out Loud podcast. And of course, I am Leslie Seidel, your host. If you are enjoying this podcast, please take a moment to rate, subscribe, and share the podcast. It goes a long way in spreading the word and helping others to find us. So today's guest is Calvin Chen. Calvin has a degree in bioinformatics and worked at NASA as well as other places. And in the middle of this successful career, decided to become a coach and has worked with Tony Robbins before starting his own practice. Today, we get to hear how this first-generation immigrant goes along the path in his own spiritual life. Hi, welcome, Calvin. Thank you. I'm excited to be here, Leslie. Yeah, I'm so excited to hear your story. I know a little bit about you, but I'm I'm, um, ready to hear your experience. So let's dive in. And you're... um, what was your spiritual life like growing up? What was, was it religious? What was your experience of it or your thoughts about it growing up? Mm, I love it. We're just like getting into the deep end right away. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, so, so growing up, um, I grew up, I guess when I was born, my parents were Buddhist, right? Um, and I don't think it was Buddhist in any sort of meaningful philosophical way. It was like a cultural vestige, so to speak, right? So we'd go to the temple, we'd light the incense. Um, there's some superstition <laughs> that, uh, that there's some superstitious stories to tell. And that was kind of about it. We learned some of the mythology. Um, we didn't really read any of the text or anything like that. You know, so that was the environment that I was born into. My parents are f- from Vietnam. I was born here in America. So I grew up here in America. Around eight or nine, my parents enrolled my sister and I into a Chinese school, and it was offered through ch- a local church. And so we came home one day singing Jesus songs. And Jesus loves me, this I know. And my parents were like, whoa, 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 hold, stop. And there's like, no, that doesn't happen in this house. And we're like, why? But Jesus loves me. Because that's where it's all like, you know, we're kids, so that's just all what we're being taught, you know. Um, so then fast forward a couple years. Um, my mom starts working at a Christian organization. She comes home with a Bible and, you know, she starts becoming curious more about Christianity because, you know, she's like, these people are really nice. They sit around, they just pray during lunch and they, they donate stuff. Like, you know, that's, that's just really nice. You know, it's just, that gets her curiosity. Of course, my dad wasn't exposed to it at all. Like he just sees this happening with my mom and then she starts going to church and um so at first he's making fun of it and then you know like as time goes on he's like more opposing it now you know um around that time my youngest sister was born and she starts going to a christian preschool it was a really good preschool so then you know god's got like two of them <laughs> now like the starting to surround my dad and but wait a minute so Did, me, but what was yours yeah. so you had this like kind of buddhist upbringing but you didn't the way you yeah. describe it you weren't very attached to it or were you I no, I, I really, I, I really wasn't, you know, like we started to be exposed to it and my parents said, no, no. And so I'm like, all right, that's cool. And that was really it, you know, for me. Um, 
I did have, personally, I did have some experiences that, I remember when I was three years old, I was just, I'd be looking at people, like my mom, like I'd be looking at people in the eyes and just, it was like this confusion, like how come I can't feel what you're feeling? How come I don't know what you're thinking exactly? Because we're kind of the same stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So like there, there was like this kind of curiosity that I think was kind of weird for a three-year-old. Uh, but, you know, like uh, how did, I didn't know what to do with that. <laughs> but that was never, the, you know? did you, that was never addressed. You didn't have a conversation no. around it. It was just thoughts that you were having yeah. that didn't kind yeah. of go anywhere. And so then you started exactly. the, Christ, the Christian school and you liked the songs, but then we're told not like to. Did, did you get attached to Christianity at the time or did it just not? Mm, no, I mean, it was kind of like a Santa Claus story to me. Mm. I guess looking back, it was just kind of like, oh, cool. You know, like this guy likes me. And like he's, you know, he's like magic or something, right? Yeah. Um, but no, I didn't, I didn't get too attached to it. Um, and then, you know, growing up, my dad, I mean, we were, I was pretty strongly left brain growing up, math and science, you know, Chinese kid growing up in America. Uh, so it's like, you know, math and science and stuff. And so like, I was pretty, you know, like logical and it was like, well, logically that doesn't make any sense, whatever, you know, we just kind of moved along. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, I think really my, my spiritual life didn't begin until, uh, when I went to college, uh, when I was in college, <laughs> I laughed because, uh, I, I was a pretty emotional kid growing up, you know, like we, we was, it was a, uh, a tense home that I grew up in emotionally, mm-hmm. a lot of, um, not very much emotional intelligence, I would say it, not even uh, a lot of emotional safety, I would say. So pretty emo, mm-hmm. you know, like depressed, overwhelmed. And when that got to, when, when we got to call, when I got to college, I, uh, took over the beating up of myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took over that role, mm-hmm. you know, so I put a lot of pressure on myself. I started smoking a lot of weed in college <laughs> and I think it saved my life, yeah. but that's, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole, but it just, it taught me to chill out, yeah. you know? Um, and I just, and it kind of opened my mind up in a way where I really, it depressed me, but then it kind of like chilled me out at the same time. Like I, I started to to really question my reality, and and I guess that's how it really started. I started to question my reality. I was like, wait, hold on. Uh, how many? I have five senses. There are other organization organisms that have like two or three. Mm-hmm. There's some organisms that have maybe one, just like a sense of smell, right? Like, how can I don't? How do I know that I don't have all the senses that are like possible to have, mm-hmm. right? So how do I know that this reality that 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 I think I can see, touch measure and feel is like the extent of it and really that that's it you know like what if there's this bigger thing called god and god was an interesting conversation to me because there's this girl that i really liked in high school that i finally started getting closer to in college and just one day out of nowhere she's like i can't talk to you anymore because you're not christian like she just got baptized out of nowhere and i was like i hate god (laughs) i'm not getting what i want uh, yeah yeah i was like i hate god god this is stupid you know but then like I was like, oh, God, like this is, I don't know how to reconcile this idea of God because on one hand, it doesn't make any damn sense, you know, but on the other hand, I, I can see how I don't know everything. It's not possible for me to know everything. So like, how do I know that God doesn't exist, you know? And at that same time, I was, I, my roommate in college was a very devout uh, Christian. Uh, one night we were pretty drunk 
he uh, he had just gotten an argument with his girlfriend, and he before we go to sleep, he was praying out loud, and he said something along the lines of God, you know, like give me the strength to like be a better boyfriend and be a better man. Like I want to be a better boyfriend to his girlfriend and stuff. And I'm sitting over here, right, like scientific skeptic, and I'm looking at him. I'm like, wow, God doesn't even have to be real. But if he really thinks that God is real and he thinks that God can really judge the sincerity of his heart, then it doesn't matter if God's real. He's going to become a better boyfriend no matter what, right, because he really means it. And and he knows that if he doesn't, then, like, he's going to go to hell or something, right? Like, he just – so, like, this idea of God was just really fascinating to me. But uh, – I was still kind of anti-God just because it, I couldn't reconcile it. And but were you talking, college, but were you talking to anyone? Right. Like, were you going to churches or were you, or this is just like gathering information from the people around you, not necessarily going like questioning your family or questioning at a bigger way. This is just you sitting there in your room kind of thinking about things or maybe taking yeah, philosophy I'm, I'm, classes. Yeah, not even taking philosophy classes, just uh, just logically de- like observing in the world around me, and then mm-hmm. like playing with the puzzle pieces in the back of my own head, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. And so, because I think at the time, like for for where I was in my life at that, if I was talking to people, I would it would have turned into an argument. Like I, I would have made some sort of comment to make people feel stupid but I was really like that I'm better about that now (laughs) you know like uh, yeah (laughs) and it's a volatile topic right but um so so that's kind of like the presence of God concept of God in my life and you know by the time third year in college came around I remember just waking waking up one day and you know my sister got into the same college I did uh, it was like the first day of spring. It was just beautiful in San Diego. I just got an internship at NASA that I was really trying hard for. And some other cool things happened like all around the same time. And I woke up and I said, wow, life is good. And as soon as I said life is good, Leslie, I was like, wait, hold on. Who said that? Because I've never said life is good. Like that just wasn't me. Mm. Life was hard. Life is a fight. Life is a bitch. Life is a, a trick. You know, like that was me right there. So life was good. It's like, it just didn't, it was like a crack in the shell, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I was just kind of, I remember right, I wrote in my blog back then, I was like, you know, like, is there such a thing as God? Like, I remember asking that, like, is there such, I don't know, like, cause this is so weird. This is a new idea to me. I, I interned at NASA Johnson Space Center in Houston, uh, driving out there. I almost got into two fatal car accidents, mm. but I like narrowly escaped that. And it just it was just like a, a faint thought in the back of my head, like, is God looking after me? Ah, whatever. That's that's a weird idea. And I just kind of left it. And when I get there, the family that hosts me are devout Christians. And the other intern from Pennsylvania, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, was also a very devout Christian too. And so um then the conversation started, you know, and I was like, Hey, what if God is just a psychological construct? Like what if God was just this what if God didn't create us? Like we created God. Right. And he's like this way for us to guilt trip ourselves into becoming better. <laughs> you but know, these, and were, it, it like, these were conversations you were having, but not in the, I want to evoke a reaction more in an honest no, like, inquiry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Lovely. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, well, that's humanism, or uh, they're they gave me they offered me their explanation. They're like, you know what? Just come to church with us. You know, um, they gave me a great book to read by C.S. Lewis. It was Mere Christianity. Mm-hmm. That was a great book. You know, uh, really, I was like, okay. Um, so I started going to church with them, and you know, like I one thing that was always really powerful to me was um, hearing worship music. I think for the first maybe four or five years of like being in that world, worship music always just was able to touch some sort of wound inside me and I just start crying. And like, that was really powerful. Like I, it was a, it was a catharsis. I don't, it was just powerful for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I came back, you know, saying I'm a Christian. I came back like, you know, like praying and it was because it, it touched me, you know, like what, and you know, like nowadays I'm not Christian. I don't identify as Christian now, but I, what what I'm able to look back and see now that was so powerful about that, uh, that I think I I would be willing to identify as Christian or like I see what I took from that was, you know, of all the things that I'd studied, like Buddhism and all these different philosophies, science, physics and all that, there was kind of like knowing the properties of God. It's kind of like knowing God, like knowing the properties, knowing of God, let's say. But then Jesus was Jesus was like, well, that's cool. Like, you, you, you know, karma and blah, blah, blah and all that. But uh, why don't you just have a relationship with me? Why don't you just have a relationship with the unknown? Why don't you just have a relationship with the thing that you're trying to study rather than just like studying it and understanding the properties of it? And it was like, I think that was like the, the moment that like spirituality came into my heart and it wasn't just like, like this adventure in like of the head, you know? Mm-hmm. So you started to feel something, yeah. right? And, and it started with yeah. the worship. So you were still all mm-hmm. like in your head, but the worship was able to get you to have a physical experience and a feeling experience. And I mean, that's one of the things mm-hmm. I think about is, is it feels like truth, right? When I have a conversation with someone or when um, I, I read a teaching, it feels like truth to me. And that's a hard thing to describe, but it is what it is. And, and I know that other teacher, teachings don't work for me, but they work for others where it just feels like truth. I mean, is that, how does that sound to you? Because it's like a combination of the head and the heart to me. It's like I have a thought and, or I hear a teaching or I hear something and then there's a, an experience of I may be able to poke holes in it logically, right? But I also know that my experience, my whole experience of it is it feels like truth. Does that, does that yeah. ring true for you? It feels like truth. Mm. I almost said, I think, it's, I think it's maybe more like it feels like home or it just like feels right. You know, like there, because there, there are many times where <laughs> in my relationship with my wife and she wasn't always my wife, you know, like she was my girlfriend and fiance, like there'd be many times where we're arguing about something or like we have a difference of opinion and, um, you know, like I'm just so right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I'm just so right, you know, <laughs> and then she'll say, but whatever. And she just like expresses like where she's coming from. And then like, there's just something that clicks. And my heart opens. I'm like, wow, like that just, that's just, that feels, it feels like love. Like it feels like home mm. to, to say, okay, you know what? Like I might be right, but that doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense to be right here almost in that way, because like there's something bigger than, than just being right. Or there's something bigger than 
just like what I'm able to logically see or deduce, you know? Yeah, that's a beautiful way of putting it. I, I, I was very left brain. I like that. I like to logic things out. And, and sometimes at the end of the day, you know, it's the greater good. And at the end of the day, you know, I can get to this place if I think too long about this spiritual stuff and I get too invested in these things. And, and then I finally have to surrender to this idea that I don't know everything, A. Mm -hmm. And at the end of my life, this way of being and thinking brings me more joy. So I, you know, until so I just get to surrender that I'm never going to be able to wrap with my human brain, I'm never going to be able to wrap my entire head around the how and the why, why the Holocaust, why the death, why the pain, right, right? All of these places where I get stuck around a spiritual life. And then I just do what you just said, which is relax into, okay, I surrender it. You know, I'm just mm -hmm. going to have faith for the greater good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, you know, I've, one of the questions that I still don't necessarily know how to answer, and it seems like a really basic question I mean, for, for having this, this episode being recorded in this conversation, right? It's like, what is spirituality exactly even, you know? And it seems like, you know, like probably my, one of my best guesses is like your relationship with like the the thing that's bigger than you or like your your relationship with the thing that's like bigger than what you're able to see like it includes the dark side of the moon which like that side of the moon is there you're not able to see it but like what's your relationship with that right like are you able to make space for that are you able to have compassion are you able to have relationship are you able to uh uh like want good for that part too even though you don't really know what that part is maybe that's what spirituality is uh, I, I don't know, you know, um, but it, there's, there's something about my relationship with the unknown and being willing to trust that mm -hmm. what I'm, I think evolving into seeing it. <laughs> well, what we're discussing, and I think a lot of people yeah. have that dialogue, right? And, and, hmm. you know, it's this idea that I have a, a mind and I have a body um, and there's something else. I have a spirit. I have a spirit that feels connected to my husband, that feels connected to my son, that feels connected to you, that feels connected. It gets something other than my mind. It's not about thoughts that I have. It's not a, an emotion, right? Like, it, and so there's a, there's something that's, um, you know, it, I, I talk about this all the time in this podcast, but the idea of three blind men and the elephant, right? At any given day, I could be holding onto the tail or holding onto the trunk or, wrapping my head around the foot and knowing mm -hmm. this is true. This is spiritual life. I'll, tell, I'll describe it to you in detail, but that's just the one part of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I see this spiritual life. Like what is it for you today? And that's just the piece mm -hmm. you're looking at today in the space from mm -hmm. the space that you are and tomorrow it'll shift and change. And is that, how does that sound for you? Well, yeah. I mean like the, so the blind men and the elephant is, Basically, the the story that I kind of use to illustrate, you know, what is God? God is the elephant, you know, and um, I'd rather not try to say what God is, but then like, I here's what I think it is, but then I want to be that blind man that's like, 
hey, you swear it's a wall. I swear it's a tree trunk. Let me Marco Polo my way over there. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. That is a kind of wall. Come over here. Isn't this like a tree trunk? It's really weird, right? Let's go to that guy that says spear. Let's go to that guy that says rope. And then kind of, we're just like, wow, like we're in the presence of something bigger right here. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, and I think that, that really feels spot on. You know, Ken Wilber, um, you know, Ken Wilber, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Mr. Integral really influenced the way that I see spirituality. You know, he said that no one's dumb enough to get it 100% wrong. No one's smart enough to get it 100% right. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's just like, how do we put these pieces together right here? There's, there's one mountaintop. There's many ways to get to that top of the mountain. Yeah. It's just in the where seeking. I was going with that, but it's, yeah, spot on. It's just <laughs> in the seeking. I mean, that's my opinion yeah. about it. As long as I'm seeking, yeah. it's, it's all I need you know, and that's mm-hmm. the job. And that sometimes can feel unsatisfying, but that's just the job, right? The job is to show up and meditate and spend time and, and question and, and come back to self and try and, you know, be a better person and all of that, right? Be more connected. Tell I me can how- see that, that it's in the seeking. Yeah. Yeah, I can really see that. Like maybe like, so, I mean, so if, if like there were like, if God were actually like a being, right? Like how- how smart of God to be like, all right, I'm going to just create this mystery and uh, they're going to have to figure it out. But then in figuring it out, they're really going to have to be kind to each other and not send the worst in each other and like learn how to play nice to each other so that they can figure out the other stuff from each other. They have the puzzle pieces that they need from each other. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really cool. It's not about having the right puzzle piece. Everyone has the right puzzle piece, but then you got to put it together. Yeah, and we're <laughs> built to be in community. We're built to be in community, yeah. you know, yeah. we are, we are herd animals. And that's uh, yeah. one of the things that's kind of lacking a little bit in today's world. And, and so, I mean, it's one of the reasons I do this talk, this podcast, I love the conversation. I love the piece that you're going to give me and, and maybe I'll give you a piece and then we get to move forward. Mm-hmm. So, so what does it look like today? What is your spiritual life like today? You know, there, there aren't too many things that I, do specifically for the spiritual practice of it well but but here's what it looks like today you know part of it is i um as best as i can make sure that i'm reflecting on what i'm learning from my day or what i'm learning from my week you know i want to see what worked i want to see what didn't work i want to see how i'm growing um i'm a coach by profession and so i'm also helping people to see that hey there's the elephant. They're one of the blind men. There are plenty of other blind men. Don't antagonize them. Make friends. Get the pieces from each other. So um, I feel like that's kind of where God's working through me. I don't, I don't know. I mean, like maybe it's just kind of baked into my approach in life. Like what part of uh, part of my work is? I teach workshops uh, on the art of confrontation. Mm. Uh, but in the art of confrontation, it's really the model of collaborative. It's it's really a collaborative model of how do we figure out what's going on. There's an elephant in the room. How do we collaboratively understand what's going on with the elephant so that we can agree, first of all, on what the elephant is, how we got here, and so what do we do about it? You know, so there's that. I meditate uh, as often as I would like, no. You know, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's it's one of the habits that I track with myself. You know, my my wife is a constant source for me of being able to look into my blind spot 
And mm-hmm. I think that's where I get a lot of practice and like a really understanding what I think is right. And then B being able to let go of that, mm-hmm. especially with a child like on the way, my wife's pregnant right now. Um, you know, like I have my idea of what a healthy lifestyle looks like, but then you throw pregnancy into the mix and I don't know when we should be eating and what we should be eating anymore. But then there's, so there's like trying to figure that out, but then there's also like the compassion and just like the, there's like the head stuff and then opening my heart to say, well, you know, but like the hell do I know about being a pregnant woman? Mm-hmm. Right. Like yeah. help her out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think a, I think a, a lot of it comes out in you know like I uh, I'm really not the kind of person or I become well I'm really not the kind of person that's afraid of saying something when I don't see eye to eye with someone or mm-hmm. or when I don't when I see something that needs to be held accountable like I'm but I'm able to have those com- I part of my spiritual practice is having those conversations with people in a way that's equitable in a way that's fair in a way that's you know the collaborative truth building. Uh, giving the, the charitable assumptions so that we can collaboratively solve the problem. And I'm not just like beating people up over stuff the way that I once upon a time would have. Yeah. So, uh, so what I hear is <laughs> that you used to be really confrontational, kind of like the game, like the confronting of people. That's what you talked about earlier, right? And now having grown up, having, having come more to center that as a centered person, it's not about the fight so much as it's about the conversation and trying to be, you didn't use this word, but loving and open to another human being when confrontation, when disagreements happen. Is that accurate? Yeah. You know, I, I, I would be kind of confrontational. Like I grew up, first of all, I was like, go confront and kick people's asses. Cause that's what I learned from my dad, right? Yeah. Like, go, go kick their ass. And then it's like, Whoa, hold on. That's really not working. Cause I don't have any friends. So then like I'd hold everything in and then like now it's just, it's, it's a lot more, it's not even about the person anymore. Like, well, between the person, between me and the person, it's building relationship, it's building connection, Mm. right? It's it's building trust, you know, but then there's also the thing to solve and then I don't let that go. We got to solve the problem, but now we're solving the problem together. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's, it's not coercion. It's not force. It's not manipulation either. And so um, it's connection. It's trust, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, it kind of builds builds relationship. Hmm. I like yeah. that. You know, my spiritual life is about relationship, relationship to spirit for me, and relationship to others. And you know, this idea for me of like I've always vaguely wanted to be the monk on the mountaintop, right? Just go sit somewhere and meditate <laughs> in a cave, and yeah. that's that's slightly easier. Right, like it's hard. It's harder to be. <laughs> you, you you know what I mean? Like yeah. to, to show up and pay so your much. bills and like you know go drive. You live in LA, so go drive on the ten, and that's a hard. That's you got to be spiritual on the ten. That's a different ball game. And instead, to like show up in your relationship, show up to the wife and the the wedding, you know, the marriage and and people. That's where I get to like be loving and kind and, and really show my humanity and show up again. So I'm feeling complete. Do you have anything else you would like to add? I really appreciate your time today. On one hand, I feel like there's so much more, <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, I mean, so on one hand, I feel like there's so much more, but um, I mean, in this moment, I do feel pretty complete, you know, like I, 
I feel compelled to talk about, or like, I feel like I want to talk about how, you know, it's like the training of this and like the seeking inside the self and like, there's all that too, but it's kind of like, I feel like that does pale in comparison. Like I feel like we really hit the high note with, for me, spirituality is a lot about relationship and mm. kind of giving space to what I don't know without assuming the worst and kind of like holding that space for possibility. Mm. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm a coach too. And, and there's a um, kind of a seductive part of coaching where it feels like I'm supposed to always have an answer. I'm supposed to, but you know what I mean? And it's, it's not the deal. And the deal is really to listen and to trust the other person. And it's not about me and to, and I do a lot of my coaching by checking in of taking a breath when I feel my ego and I feel my desire to do something. I get involved and then I, I just took a breath and just ask for guidance and ask for space, knowing that that person has their own guidance. Right. And that's hard, right? It's, <laughs> it's, a, it takes an enormous amount of effort and work to not get in there and like have me get involved in the other person. And, and we have knowledge and all of that stuff and that's not to be discounted, but it is about holding that space and really being open to what the other person and being in that relationship in that moment um, for them. So I just, I really appreciate this conversation with you. Um, thank, thank you, you so, me. yeah. And I will put on the liner notes all of ways to get a hold of you. And so if anyone feels drawn to working with you, who do you, who do you work with? What kind of coaching do you do? Um, a lot of my clients are sales professionals or ex-sales professionals and now gone into management. Uh, some of my clients are in leadership positions and executives. Um, <laughs> what I work with them on is, A, how to hold people accountable and confront people on stuff. <laughs> yeah. And really leadership, you know, how do you influence people in a way that's spacious? Yeah. It's not manipulative. That's not coercive. That is that is straight. It's direct. It's kind of like not holding anything back, but builds trust along the way too. It kind of puts the cards on the table so you don't have to play the game with the cards this close to your chest. How do you trust? How do you lead people by trusting them oh, more? It, yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful and yeah. hard. I say that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, one thing that, and it's an adaptation from the Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh, mm. but um, one of the things that I say is that you must lead and you must sell in a way that the other person feels free. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks so much for your time, and uh, I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you, Leslie. Have a good day. Bye-bye now. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode of Spirituality Out Loud. Be sure to rate us, review us, and like us on Facebook and share us with your friends.